Have you ever been to one of those masquerades bar masquerade no, parties? Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Even Max from Hocus Pocus has been to a masquerade I party. I know, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I want to go to one of those. I know, I gotta want to go. I've never even heard of one of these. And they're walking around with these gold masks. Where do you even get a gold mask? Party City doesn't have know. gold masks. Party City doesn't have gold City yeah. Every single year, I've never gotten a gold mask. I want a gold mask. Bullshit. It's Bull- you know what, John? We're going to have to throw our own masquerade. Let's do it. You guys are invited. Anyone listening now, I invited. <laughs> the the real critics masquerade. Holy crap! We should watch that. I can't even hear myself recording. Rumble in the in the podcast. We got it, boys. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Everyone's a Real Critic. I'm Jose Garcia Chow, and here with my co-host John Wolf, we take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We give you the real critics' thoughts on the movies, we break down the critic scores and the audience scores, and we wrap it all up with our overall score of the movie. We like to keep it fun and light, though, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. Please keep sending us memes at EARC pod, comment on our stuff. And of course, thank you for listening on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you guys are getting your podcasts. We appreciate you guys. So I don't know if uh, you guys have been able to tell, but we are huge action fans. So this week we're talking about a relatively new movie that you can find on Netflix called Red Notice. But before we get into Red Notice, we like to hit each other with what we've been watching, keep things current. So Without further ado, I'll bring on my co-host here, John. What you watching, buddy? How you doing? What's going on, man? Super pumped to see you, as always. I mean, we just finished our Spider-Man episode, uh, so if you haven't seen that, definitely go back. Uh, Unfortunately, no Bully Maguire in the Spider-Man episode because uh, he is a Spider-Man 3 uh, aficionado, Bully Maguire. Mm -hmm. So what have I been watching this week? Well... We were talking about it earlier, and we've been watching a lot of Hawkeye. For the people listening now, we should let them know we do record because we are two working professionals. We do have other jobs outside of, you know, we have to record them in advance. So we're a little behind on Hawkeye, but something else I've been watching, I know (laughs) this is probably like epitome of someone that probably has way too much going on in their life. But I I think about a month ago, I was telling you I was rewatching Dexter. Yeah, yeah, still we were talking re- about Dexter. Still rewatching it, but man, is it? Oh, good? so you're still in the throes of? Oh, I'm still in the throes of it. Speak. Let me tell you the the problem I had. So I think when we first talked about it, I said you can watch it on Amazon Prime, right? And then you were like, "Did oh, you lie to me?" No, I can still watch it on Amazon Prime all day, whenever you want. I think the problem is we thought that meant the new season would be coming out on Amazon Prime. Not the case. Not the case. You still need Showtime to watch it. So I just keep rewatching Robert. Dexter until uh, enough episodes come out on Showtime. But <laughs> I feel comfortable enough to creating another fake email to then download Showtime free for one month <laughs> to then watch all of the episodes of Dexter. So you know, I'll get back to you on that one. John, how do you how do you keep track of all these fake names and fake birth dates and uh, <laughs> fake email addresses that you're using? Do you also have to put in like every family member's credit card? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're like, Katie, let me use your credit card. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Wow, I just can start... you text me a photo of your credit card? Don't worry, yeah. I'm not going to charge anything to it. Well, it works out pretty well because I actually created emails for all of my imaginary friends as a kid. So I I, I pretty much. Perfect. I, I'm pretty loaded on the email. Gotcha. Front. Yeah. Gotcha. What have you Good been watching, know. man? I've been watching a few different things. Um, I, I could talk to you forever about Great British Bake Off because I have finally, finally gotten on that bandwagon. And... You want to hear something? Okay. Never, never watched an episode. I hadn't either. I had never seen an episode of the show. So it's not that surprising for me to hear that from you because okay. I didn't understand. I mean, I, you always hear people talking about Great British Bake Off and how it's like very wholesome. I'm sure. here to say, John, all the rumors are true. It's wholesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful. You do have to get a few episodes in, though. Mm. When like as soon as it's like Love on the Spectrum, as soon as you remember their names, you've, you learn who these people's, what these people's quirks are you become endeared to them. It's so fun. Uh, so I've been watching that with my roommates. I've also been watching Wet Hot American Summer. So good. Oh, dude, it's so funny. I turned it on one night. I had nothing else to watch because I can't watch Great British Bake Off without uh, Ari and Maya. Okay. So I was like, Fair. all right. <clears throat> That's nice of you. I gotta honestly. figure something out. Yeah. I know, dude. Part of me wants to just watch them all. And then like when they want to sit down and watch them, just like pretend like it's all new to me. <laughs> Hell no. Can you believe no, it? I wonder no. who's going to win. He'll slip. He'll slip. He'll slip. I can't do it. Again, dude, just like when we talked about Love on the Spectrum, I don't know what's up. I'm just drawn to this, like, all this, the same level of content. You know, it's all just surface level, haha, funny, and like makes you feel good. Because at the end of spoiler alert, I watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. At the end of it, the, the through line, of the plot you know like they're all worried that reagan is gonna blow up the the uh the camp it's all a joke they're all like haha just kidding we planned all of this and it's so funny so i'm like so there were no stakes at all the whole time it's hilarious it surprises mm-hmm. me honestly that you liked it so much because when we talked about ghostbusters 2016 you were so over the potty jokes and the potty humor and the poo poo yeah. joke and but you love Wet Hot American Summer, and I can't tell blame you why. You for it. It's great. I can tell you why. It's because Wet Hot American Summer is doing like absurdist comedy. You know, it, it's it's a masterclass in parody. So it's like, yes, they're doing potty jokes, but it's not that the potty joke isn't the entire depth of the joke. Mm. It's there while they're doing something else. You know, like they're at simultaneously doing like an action movie, but Chris Pine is like a robot man sure. so, yeah. and it's shot really well david wayne is really good is an amazing director but the stuff that the characters are doing are all just so goofy that when you like combine those two elements it just makes it so much more absurd it's it just works so well you mentioned when you were talking about parodies and satire when you were talking about uh, wet hot american summer that it was like this parody of everything I feel like the movie we're talking about today, Red Notice, maybe uh, maybe it was a parody. I don't know. We'll see. Let's get into I the think it was, I, I, I like what you're getting at. Yeah. You know, um, I don't fully agree with you because we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get into it. I we'll have, get into guys, it. Guys, I have thoughts. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Man, good thing we got a podcast. And, uh, I, feel, I feel like Costanza's dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> at uh, at Festivus. George. <laughs> George, I have R.I.P. I've got a lot to say to you, people. <laughs> R.I.P. I'm about to air some grievances. Mm, for the Festivus. Mm-hmm. So for the rest of us. Today we're talking uh, Red Notice. The reason we're talking about Red Notice is because it has a audience score of 92%, which would be unbelievable because that means the critic score would be over 100%. And the only person that gives over 100% actually, funny enough, is in this movie because it's all about power. It's all about drive. All about drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We stay hungry. We survive. We devour. Yeah. Um, so if anyone was going to get over 100% of the critic score, it would be that guy. But unfortunately, the critic score for this movie is 35%, which is insane. Almost what? a 60% difference between the critic and audience score in this movie. And you said the audience score is what? 92%. Huge. Huge. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, let me give you a brief synopsis here. In the world of international crime, an Interpol agent attempts to hunt down and capture the world's most wanted art thief. I mean, not really. <laughs> Do you, you don't see much of the Interpol agent at all. <laughs> and he also doesn't really capture the art thief. No. Yeah. Well, well, The Rock isn't an Interpol agent. First. Whoa! Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the movie, (laughs) no, he's he's an FBI profiler. Right. Yeah, the Interpol agent is uh, what's her name? Redu Arya's character. This movie was obviously exclusively dropped on Netflix, directed by uh, Rasan Marshall Thurber. Um, who also a big rock collaborator directed and was associated with Skyscraper, Central Intelligence, We're the Millers, Mm -hmm. and uh, actually was involved with Dodgeball. And then Terry Tate, Office Linebacker. You remember those videos? Wow, that's that's surprising, dude. This guy was was actually a part of those. So so what I'm gleaming from this immediately is that he has... A lot of experience with comedy. You know, Dodgeball is, I would say, like a perennial movie, <laughs> at mm-hmm. least for my, you know, when I was growing up, uh, was a huge part of my still of my childhood. Extremely quotable. Uh, yeah. Were the Millers incredibly funny? To be totally honest with you, John, I never watched Skyscraper or Central Intelligence. And I You're have no, ju- whoa. I have no interest in doing it. I'm going to tell you something. Go ahead. Break it to me. Give it to me straight, boss. Skyscraper? Great movie. You should watch it. Isn't it just Die Hard? Yes. And. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yes. Say no and, more. And I mean. It is Die Hard with the protagonist having a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's handicapped. He's got like a. Uh... Uh, uh is it a fake limb i don't know which limb it is but i know he's got a what is it like a like a leg a prosthetic he's got a prosthetic leg yes that's the word <laughs> <laughs> fake limb cut that out uh yeah yes <laughs> nah leave it in it's fine you know who else yes. has a prosthetic leg the <laughs> bad guy in hawkeye right now 
Mm, and she's Echo. a badass. Yeah, she's a badass. Yeah. Total I'm badass. I'm really hoping, and we got to see uh, Kingpin's hand pinch her cheek. That's who I think it is, too. We're clearly aging ourselves right now. We are only on episode three. <laughs> Wait, recording at this, the but... time of recording, Hawkeye yeah. 3 dropped two days ago. So, Red Notice. The cool thing about Red Notice, and the interesting thing, honestly, the, the audience score, 92%, is super invigorating for me at least, um, the critic score kind of co- confusing at this point, but it is the biggest movie debut at this point. It's confusing to me. I see you shaking your head. It is the biggest movie debut in Netflix opening weekend history. That's crazy, but not entirely crazy. I mean, look at that cast, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And we'll get into my, my theory about the cast in a minute, but what, what does that mean? Biggest movie debut for a streaming platform like Netflix. So Red Notice was watched over 148 million hours over opening weekend. Now, John, what does that mean? There's only 48 hours in a weekend. There's only 48 hours in a weekend. And for those of you wondering, 148 million hours, two days, I'll tell you right now, is... Holy moly, that's a lot of sixes. Kind of the devil's number. Are we hold on one Wait, second? What is, what is the math you're doing? Because <laughs> hold on one it second. It means that so many. I'm people gonna watch tell it. you. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this number. And then we're gonna jump into it. Because I have a couple other conspiracies, but this one might be big. So 148 million hours is six million. 166,666 days and 666 hours. Now, John, (laughs) which one of these celebrities sold themselves to the Illuminati? Is the question you're about to ask me. All of them. What I was going to say, John, is um, I'm not a smart man. But there's only 48 hours in a weekend. Oh, 48 hours in a weekend. Well, I mean, we could do the math of each per how many people that is, but okay, okay, that would require a little bit more math for that. <clears throat> well, let's just say a lot of people watch this on opening weekend. How about that? Yeah, I, all I'm saying is, why do why does Netflix count like that? <laughs> Can't they just say it was streamed this many times? You know, I wonder. Seems like a way for them to bump their numbers real hard. A thousand percent. Oh, oh. So it's Netflix is now reporting hours viewed for its title, rather than the number of members that watched it. Yes. Do you think that's probably because people are sharing accounts and stuff? People are sharing accounts, but also think of this. If you were going to someone like a production company that was like, hey, Jose, we want to know how this performed. And if you said, oh, 148 million hours watched versus 74 million times the movie was watched. Mm-hmm. If you're over like you're doubling that because you're counting that it's a two hour movie. That sounds There's a not lot enough better. time in the day, John. It's also currently the most expensive Netflix movie of all time. I believe that. Me too. I believe that. It must cost a lot to put up all those green screens. For two <laughs> weeks, 
that entire third act from what I, not the entire one, but most of it uh, took place inside a mine shaft, which was 400 feet underground. And The Rock and Ryan Reynolds were like, yo, this stuff is cold and humid and I don't like it. They actually filmed in a mine shaft? That's what they said. Why? What do you mean? I mean, like, you just need four walls. No. That's so theater of the mind, man. It seems that's so dumb. And here's the thing. I'm actually I'm gonna bite my tongue because you won't. I want to talk about this later. It's one of the problems I have with this movie is that it's a globe-trotting movie. Could you tell me where they went? Yeah. Did 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 you pick up on all of the different land like shots of landscapes and shit? Yeah, they told you. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. There was Cairo. There was uh... exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, John. Because it doesn't matter. Because it it's not like Indiana Jones where it's part of the plot. That's they're going to a different place. They're just going to a different place just to have something fun for you to look at. Fair enough. All right. Anyways, let me get your first reaction. I when think you I was like, did. When, oh, 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 you mean prior to watching it? Prior to watching, I was like, hey, Jose, um, let's do Red Notice for the pod. Huge movie, discrepancy, astronomical. What do you think? I'm not going to lie to you, John. I remember when this came out, when the trailer for this dropped, um, and I watched it on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Somebody posted it on Reddit. I was mm-hmm. genuinely excited about this movie. I was genuinely like, oh, shit, that looks like fun. You know, like Indiana Jones-esque with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. Two huge names. Gal Gadot is a bad guy. Tight. On paper, it sounds sick. You know what I mean? What did you think? Let me tell you something. I have two theories when it comes to the movie biz. All right? I'm not a very big movie. I'm not, I'm not in the movie biz, but I could be. If anyone's <laughs> John's listening, movie biz theories coming right up (laughs) guys it's time for our regular segment john gives us his movie biz theories this is real biz right here you want to talk about real real biz biz john wolf this is it real conspiracies so not a conspiracy because it's proven to be true so there's one that we've talked about many a time that i think also applies to this movie right whenever there's a movie that is being like you see commercials, it's being marketed a year in advance. I would say six months plus in advance. If a movie is being marketed that way, you know it's going to be bad. That is a proven and guaranteed theory. I will tell you that. What do you mean? You mean like if they start marketing it way early? Yes. If they start marketing okay. it way early, you know it's not going to be it. The other theory that I have that I think has been, I mean, so this one we can debate, obviously, when you talk about ensemble casts, but when you have three superstar actors right now, so you have The Rock, who is The Rock. He's um, the highest paid actor right now. Highest paid actor. You have Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. He's on top of this game. People on top. And Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman just on top of her game right now. There's no way 
that you can afford to have those three people in your movie and afford a great script, a great scene. <laughs> like you can't afford everything, you know? So when you see those kind of names in a movie, you're going to be giving up something. So yeah, when I first saw the preview, the problem with me is I thought of that. And then I also remembered I'm a sucker for heist movies and I knew I was going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. All right. So here we go. I'll, bite. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll follow you on this journey. Okay. Um, let's go on the journey. But what about Endgame? Oh, you know, you've like got a Marvel movie? Superstar celebrities in that movie. Oh, that's a good point. And it's not bad. It, not a bad it's movie. A, it's a great point. And I will say that. What about Expendables? <laughs> terrible <laughs> but super entertaining what about here's this oceans 11 all right so here's my thing when oceans 11 was made only two of those people were very famous okay touche touche i'll give you that the rest of them were famous but they weren't like when i'm talking about gal gadot i'm talking about uh ryan reynolds and the rock like, you're talking about top build that's like, huge and, and and that's the thing like you can say oceans 11 that's like a, everyone on that cast is i'd say 80 percent of that cast is a celebrity right this is another tier this is a mm-hmm. plus celebrity all right I'm, i won't argue with that john i think I'll you could you that one and if you want to argue with me come for me <laughs> we'll do it off air john you know We'll talk about this off air. Come for me on the Discord. Follow follow us on the <laughs> socials at ERC Pod. Tag me in uh-huh. it at John. Do you guys believe John's theories? <laughs> All right, let's get into the movie, John. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So usually when we look at a movie, we look at narrative. Like, can I follow what's going on here? Do I care about anyone in this movie? Which would characters. be the characters, right? Was this movie too long? which would be the pace. The fourth one is engagement. Did I pick up my phone? Did I feel like I could walk away from this movie, go to a potty break, maybe refill Mm -hmm. the popcorn, get a new soda, a new icy and come back and not miss anything. And then the fifth one, which is always uh, a guarantee, which is the juice boost. Uh, The juice boost. Did you need a little uh, Nas to get through this movie? I personally, yes. Yeah, I did. At first, I thought it was because I was like, let's get into it, baby. And then later on, I was like, I'm going to need a little bit extra to be able to make it through this movie. You know what I'm saying? How many times did you watch this movie? Dude, okay. I watched this movie twice. Too many times, my friend. Because we, so John and I were going to record this podcast about a week ago. Yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, things come up. Like you said, we have we have lives. We're recording today. And I felt like I needed a little bit of a refresher because here's this thing about this movie. It's incredibly forgettable. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man, I kind of enjoyed it more the second time around hmm. because it's so dumb that hmm. I was like laughing. I was laughing a little bit more. I was like less into the movie. You know what I mean? What about you? Did you have to watch it twice, too? I, I also watched it twice. Honestly, at the first time I watched it, I was so into it. Um, and that's probably, you know, how we take in, maybe sometimes take in movies differently is I was like oh, smitten by the heist 
right? The first time gotcha. watching it. So I was like, oh, I'm so in. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, man, you got to keep listening to find out. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. Let's get into okay. it. This movie, it is, it opens up with one of your favorites, the monologue, right? Uh. We hit... <laughs> We hit a a very fake story. Did you know this? This actually isn't a true. Are you story. telling me Cleopatra's eggs aren't real? They're not real, man. Did you Google it? Really? Did you find it? Did I did. Did you look it up? I did. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, you're right. Okay, we 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 open up. We get a exposition dump in the beginning. You know, there's the, the Cleopatra's eggs that were gifted to her from by like Alexander the Great or whatever, right? And uh, mm-hmm. We're immediately set up for like an Indiana Jones-esque caper. One of the eggs is in a museum. The second egg is in a private collection. And the third egg was lost in time. Right. Ooh. <laughs> if that doesn't say Indiana Jones, I don't know what it does. <laughs> it's like the movie just starts and it's like MacGuffins. Yeah. Here you go. Here's a MacGuffin. There's a MacGuffin. And guess what? There's a third, even more mysterious MacGuffin. For those that aren't familiar with MacGuffins, what are they? MacGuffins are a narrative device that are used um, to basically drive a plot forward. Um, It's like something that your characters are searching for. You know, like in the last Star Wars movie, the MacGuffin is that weird thing that Rey finds that somehow fits into the wreckage of that star destroyer sure or yeah whatever but they're are they they're they're not always crucial to the plot they they seem like they're crucial to the plot at the time but they're really just yeah it's it's yeah it's literally just an object some sort of device in a movie or a book that is just like a trigger it provides motivation for the character um, but on its own, it could be pretty insignificant. You know what I mean? Like the egg itself doesn't matter. What right. matters is that these characters want the egg. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's what they're all oh, that's there. That's yeah. That's what's moving them forward. And at the risk of getting ahead of myself again, the movie is aware of this. And yes. Ryan Reynolds literally says it at the end. Yes. He's like, just look for a box labeled MacGuffin. I rolled my eyes when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> the setup of this movie, we, we meet John Hartley, The Rock, or should I say Special Agent John Hartley? And then we also meet him alongside Inspector Urbashi Das, who is the actress or actor. B2 Aria, yeah. Aria, yep. So they're sort of, we meet them on a mission to figure out getting this egg. The Rock Hartley is like, hey, this egg is fake. He steals a Coke from a kid, pours Coke on the egg, says, yep, told you this this is fake. And that's when we meet uh, Nolan Booth, who is Ryan Reynolds, who is the overly quippy, bad-ish guy in this movie. So what did you think your first glance at these three characters sort of coming together really quick? in the first, I want to say, 15 minutes of this movie? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed the beginning. I, I really enjoyed this 
first part of the movie, especially, you know, like when The Rock steals the Porsche at the end of the chase in the oh, museum. So and good. then he just crashes into the that other car just crashes into him. Like the way that we were subverted from believing we were about to go into like some crazy car chase was great. I loved that, you know, yeah. but there's a lot that I also didn't really like about this, you know, like, like Ryan Reynolds <laughs> knows every single pin to pull out of the scaffolding. Everything's sure. falling. He's constantly doing these quips. I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but what kind of metal dissolves completely under Coca-Cola? <laughs> I mean, and then, and then the movie just keeps, it just gets worse from there, dude. So I also like the beginning and it's funny when I broke this outline down, I actually broke it down each act into different movies because this, this movie as this movie red notice seems to copy other very famous movies that have done a really good job before. And I thought when, when I first got in this first act, right, you're getting the egg and they're stealing it and things are happening, but it's a fake egg and all of this. It really reminded me of Ocean's Eleven when I was mm-hmm. watching it. Just the concept of that, just sort of the bait and switch, right? And then the two protagonists coming together of meeting each other. We're both quirky. We're both fun, whatever. Yeah. The funniest thing to me, The Rock, he's just, he's a freak of nature, honestly and when he came in as a behavioral like <laughs> an fbi profiler essentially yeah i just yeah. like man is that I believable could, you know yes. it wasn't believable <laughs> and they they hit him with quips to try and break it down real quick some like, of them hit too some of the ryan reynolds quips are funny he's like like when he comments he's like where did you get that jacket i'm like right. that's a great question yeah great how many jackets does it take to make a single jacket for the rock yeah it just he was he was considered a behavioral analyst and then immediately this is where i started to this the first time yes but i didn't want to believe it the second time obviously where i started to understand that the rock wasn't who he said he was because when he comes off as a behavioral analyst and then he asks the crew do you have any thermal sensors i was like oh that's an interesting thing for a behavioral then, analyst to ask. And then he puts up his iPad as if the iPad is the thermal sensor. And he's like looking around with it. I was like, is that, is that how this technology works? Okay. All right, whatever. There's just so many holes to poke in this movie that it was so sure. hard for me to focus on anything. I'm so glad I didn't pay for this movie because I was so oh. frustrated at the end of it. Like, yeah. I, I think that the whole Ryan Reynolds stick is getting old at this point. Because he's just throwing quip after quip after quip. And it's supposed to like play off of The Rock. But he's not really like... The Rock's character is is, is supposed to be stoic, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you would think that I these think characters... I think The Rock like, is just stoic. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you feel like... I know we're still talking about narrative, but... Did you feel like any of these character, any of these actors were playing a character in this film? Well, that was my thing. Is I, I, and I think maybe I can sum it up better at the end. But yes, I do think they were all playing characters in this movie. But I think they were playing more archetypes 
of themselves, if that exactly. makes sense. So that yeah. was one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, we've gotten Deadpool, we've gotten Free Guy, we've gotten a lot of movies. Is Ryan Reynolds now just stuck as this quippy, quick, yeah. funny guy that's kind of can do badass stuff? But like, is he stuck as that? It seems like he's getting typecasted like that, right? But like you said, he's 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 a, at the top of his career right now. It seems to me like he could probably deny these kinds of roles. So I felt in this film like these guys are just doing something that they're comfortable in. And you can kind of tell because none of it feels fresh. You know, like the movie feels it was kind of a slog to get through after that first yeah. sequence. Because, you know, like we're set up for this Indiana Jones caper involving these MacGuffins and we're going to trot around the globe, but we don't ever feel like the wonder of the world while we're doing it. We don't feel like the characters give a fuck about it either. They're just going like Bali. And then after Bali, they're in Russia. And then after Russia, they're in uh, Italy. Right. But like, we never stop and look around and, and take it in and, and 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 for this movie to be based in them running after a historical artifact, they seem generally unconcerned with any of the history of the things around them. You know, like Ryan Reynolds is an art thief, but he never stops to, you know, like ponder the value of any of these objects. So I thought that was interesting. I'm like, these characters don't really make any fucking sense for the things that they're supposed to be doing um, because the rock spoiler alert the end of the film whoa don't spoil anything yet wait okay don't spoil it never mind yeah we're not but there yet. i will say but the rocks character as someone who's trying to catch this art thief should also be pretty concerned about these artifacts right but we never really see any of that i don't know it's not like indiana jones where that you become excited that the characters are finding another clue you get a sense of awe when like indy speaks his like sneaks his way into another catacomb and he finds the idol that he's looking for. There's none of that wonder here. And, and, and it's like the movie doesn't really seem concerned in creating, like world, in the world building of it or creating stakes for them because they're generally in, in, invincible. You know, after this scene and still in the first act of the film, basically what happens after this scene is somehow, we don't know how, but Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's got his egg. He manages to get away and he's in Bali in his home. And somehow the rock is sitting in the, in the corner of the room, drinking uh, aviation gin, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ryan Reynolds gin in the corner. And he's like, he turns the light on. He's like, Oh, fancy seeing you here. You know, we don't know how the rock got there. And you also never find out. So they arrest him. And then later on, turns out that that egg was fake too. The inspector believes the rock is in on it because she calls. And this is another thing, dude. And I know I'm going a little bit on a vent here, but I'm, I'm finally on a roll. She calls the FBI to confirm his employment. <laughs> and Gal Gadot's character infiltrates, like she catches the call somehow. And, and says, oh, no, he's not. He doesn't work here. But as we learn later, dude, I'm just going to say it. Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Josh. Oh, the rock, wait, wait, the rock, wait, wait, Dude, just so that I can make this point. Just so that I can make this point. He doesn't work for the FBI. So why did she need to intercept the call? 
anybody who answered the call on the other end would have been like, John Hartley, who's that? It would have led her to the same conclusion. <laughs> like she didn't exactly. need to get the call and be like, oh, there's no John Hartley here because there isn't a John Hartley there. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. All right. Well, that's the movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyways. No, you yeah. need, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like this movie, it, it, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself also, but this movie feels a little bit as if it's a parody of heist movies, right? Like even down to, you know, you talk about how people just show up in different areas, you know, or different countries just at the whim, right? And uh-huh. from what Brian Reynolds is wearing when he goes back to his house, like the Hawaiian shirt on the boat that has the, you know, the phrase from the Titanic on it. Like there are just like these, <laughs> <laughs> there are these little things that have, like, like you said, the rock, it just in the darkness turns around in the swivel chair. Like that's a total. You've seen that before. You, it's a total thief heist movie move. I love that you brought up the aviator gin because I had that written down. I thought maybe the rock was drinking his Blanco. Terramana. Terramana. He, 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 he is in the next scene when he's like at the airport or something. He's like yeah. at this nice bar about to go catch a flight. Mm-hmm. He asks the bartender for Terramana. <laughs> and you see, you see the bartender dude yeah you see the bartender holding the terramana in his oh, hand and he pours it for it. him so they both get their okay. commercial all right good. because that's what this movie is john it's a commercial i have two questions for you one did the first twist of this movie which we get when the rock shows up and then after he arrests ryan reynolds the twist that you brought up uh, of him getting set up is that a surprise to you when you watch the movie of the rock getting set up yeah of the rock no i wasn't surprised i wasn't surprised at all the movie still needed to set up some stakes at that sure point. We, yeah they, it still needed to set up the movie like it's not going to end with him catching ryan reynolds you know there needs to be a catch and there needs to be something that's going to drive these two characters together so i wasn't really surprised to see that and my, upon first watch i did buy you know, when we learned that Gal, that the Bishop Gal Gadot's character called and intercepted the call. And so then we have this whole like this whole thread where The Rock wants to prove his innocence. His character wants to prove his innocence because he, he feels like he's been set up. So I'm like, OK, yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I buy that. And again, at the I'm sorry, I can't help but talk about this movie this way, because this movie, the problem with this movie is that it relies on star power and not plot. Right. You know what I mean? Because that may be the case that The Rock is cares about his innocence, but there's no real stakes here because after we learn that Hartley, The Rock's character, isn't a cop, then there's nothing actually driving that character except the MacGuffin, which is the most, uh, uh, you know, to be a little bit frank, vapid way to write a story um it's all poo-poo it's a pretty poo-poo movie <laughs> all right um, all right but whoa. like these these narrative devices only exist so that our three stars look pretty and 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 it's not until something about hitler comes up in the end that you're like oh shit that's right there's a movie happening <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so let, let's get to the end of act one here so 
Okay. Which is they they both get captured because, as you mentioned, uh, Hartley is the rock. Is not innocent. He gets set up here, and he ends up as cellmates with Ryan Reynolds. And they they do a Coincid- couple, completely coincidental, super coincidentally, and they make yeah. a joke about it when he ends up in the cell. But that doesn't make it okay. Where the warden has like a hard on for uh, for making this stuff happen, right? And then so and we in that scene, this is the prison escape scene. Your yes. thoughts? Let's just get there. Prison escape. Let's get there. again. I have a problem with this scene because they go to the jail. <laughs> the first thing they do is, hey, this jail, it's missing a wall. So your yeah, job yeah, is you got uh, to build the wall. Yeah. And so then when they're escaping, it's like, conveniently, we just built this wall that we can escape from. So he, what does he say? Rock Jenga pulls yep. a single rock out of there. Mm-hmm. And then it's just plot armor while all these Russians are like shooting at them and they're just completely getting missed by everything. The lack of stakes here makes me not care about this scene at all. I didn't, I never believed that the rocket launcher was going to hit the helicopter because the rock and Ryan Reynolds are on it. You know, I never worried about the characters. I also just love that at this point, we've just completely abandoned that The Rock is a behavioral analyst for the FBI. This uh-huh. dude is on a rope bridge that explodes, and then he like is grabbing on it with one arm. If you ever see Skyscraper, you know what this scene looks like. All right? It's pretty similar. <laughs> He's on it with Same one director. Arm. Same director. Yeah. He's on it with one arm. And then he climbs up, right? And then he jumps like 25 feet in the air to jump onto this. It's just insane. Okay, this guy's a behavioral analyst, but also a superhero. Absolutely. I mean, and and it's not, it doesn't, we don't see examples of him using the the behavioral analyst skills no. at all. Well, we do. There's an offhanded sort scene of. yeah. where he says it in, in Act Two. He kind of yeah. says something about it, but um, again, it's not like it's not like Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones. He's a history teacher. He's an archaeologist, you know, and he's got he he literally like that part of his character is vital to the things that he's doing right none of the stuff that the rock and ryan reynolds are doing work with their characters you know they're just kind of going through the motions so we escape from the prison and now we're in act three i mean act two (laughs) you just skip the whole entire second (laughs) but before we get to act two the end of act one very important we meet a new character gal gadot the bishop Mm. What did you think? First impressions. I I love Gal Gadot. I think she's beautiful. I think she's talented. I think she's amazing. And I don't think that she showed up to work in this movie. No, I don't think any of them did. <laughs> no, dude. It felt like um, I used to work for this telecom company. Big name telecom company. Mm, and uh, the, the You end. worked for the telecom company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The telecoms. Oh, wow. Holy um, cow. And near the end of my employment there, I moved to a new city. So I was working remotely. And every day I would log on to my laptop and I would turn it on and I would just jiggle the mouse for eight hours mm. uh, because my because my contract was up at the end of the year. So I only right. had like a month left with them. Sure. 
So there wasn't really much for me to do except, you know, Jiggle. make sure that my away message stayed green, you know, that my Microsoft Teams stayed available. So I would just jiggle the mouse every now and then. Sure. I feel like that's an apt metaphor for what these guys were doing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. we get into Act 2, which is the, the bishop, Gal Gadot. Is like, yo, I need you guys to steal some eggs. You got to go to my guy Vachi's house. And, the second uh, egg that is in a private oh, collection. Oh, sorry. Second egg. Yeah, right. So the second egg's in a pri- private collection. And uh, now The Rock and Nolan Booth, Ryan Reynolds' character, are forced to work together to steal this egg. So we talked about the first half being a bit Ocean's Eleven-y, where it's sort of this lighthearted heist. This act two, to me, turns into more of a James Bond Mission Impossible type heist. Again, like, doesn't this seem familiar to you? Very. A villain (laughs) in a big mansion who is throwing a masquerade party. Yeah. Um, Have you ever been to one of those masquerade masquerade parties? No, dude. What the fuck? Even Max from Hocus Pocus has been to a masquerade party. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. I don't want to go to one of those. I know. I don't want to go. I've never even heard of one of these. And they're walking around with these gold masks. Where do you even get a gold mask? Party City doesn't have gold masks. Party City doesn't have gold City Every single year, I've never gotten a gold mask. I want a gold mask. Bullshit. You know what, John? We're going to have to throw our own masquerade. Let's do it. You guys are invited. Anyone listening now, invited. <laughs> the the real critics masquerade. Ooh, I yep. like 2022, baby. <laughs> Let's do we'll it. Do it. Yeah, we'll do it. So we get this. It, it, okay, it's hard for. I'm trying to actually like think about what happened in this heist here because there's a whole lot of Ryan Reynolds quipping about. Do you want me to let you know? To, yeah, yeah. Can can you walk us through it? Yeah, I'll walk. I'll walk us through it. So. The heist. They show up to this big mansion, right? It almost like if anyone's ever played Hitman, the franchise, right? Where you you open up with this big established shot where it shows you the entire like level that you have to accomplish, right? So that's sort of how this this opens up. And then what happens is The Rock and Ryan Reynolds dress up like waiters. The Rock obviously looks like any other average <laughs> waiter. Course, that of course see, they do. Right? <laughs> And then they're wearing masks and they go through. And what happens here, which is interesting, is they're trying to get to the vault, right? But they need eye print or a thumbprint. They need some kind of uh, physical identification. Identification, yeah. His voice. That's what they need. And Ryan Reynolds has the scan to tag his voice, turn it to to the scanner. Anyway, so The Rock and Ryan Reynolds dancing around. The Rock ends up being the one that is out in the public, right? So he's dancing with Gal Gadot. Surprise, surprise, she shows up here to uh, Mm -hmm. also get the egg or at least check on them. And our guy Vachi is the one who's hosting the party. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, let's talk about this What the fuck is up with Vachi's voice? I don't know what the fuck. That actor is hilarious. Hello. He's like, oh, let me do it. Let me do a little something to you. You know, he's like, what a choice for for the actor to be like, can I do this uh, uh, cigar weathered low voice? Kind of like a growl, like if a growl could speak. (laughs) I honestly, I got Roz from Monsters, Inc. That's what I got. 
Yeah. Mike Wazowski. Wazowski. <laughs> oh, Agent Hardly, welcome back. <laughs> oh, make sure you fill the screen machine. You know what you just reminded me of is when we get the setup for that character, Ryan Reynolds says, oh, his father used to choke him. So mm. now he's got like a choking oh, thing. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, geez. He like I likes to that. choke people. Oh, God. Um, but also, I'm sorry, we... <laughs> I'm sorry Bachi. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean it. No, no, it's it's fine. He's not a real person. Oh, okay. um, thank God. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. He's an imaginary person. But also, The Rock's character had a strained relationship with his father. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds' character had a strained relationship with his father. They all have the same fucking backstory. They're all like little, oh, my daddy was mean to me. Okay, so Gal Gadot and The Rock dance at the party. They dance very at the party. conspicuously yeah. because, you know, it's really easy for a man of The Rock stature to sneak around mm. um, as a waiter. And this is the only time that we hear him use his quote-unquote behavior and analyst uh experience is when he claims that sotto voce has a napoleonic complex because he's a small man no he he breaks down ryan reynolds in prison oh that's right that's right yeah, yeah that's right and then like, again he, that's right he yeah. goes you had daddy issues yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway so, so uh they get caught they fight for the egg, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think about this? This is like the first uh, first fight scene. What do you think? I didn't think it was shot very well. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I was not very impressed at all. Yeah, that's that's the first time I saw it at, at being swooned by the movie. The first time I saw it. And the, what I immediately thought was, wow, this seems very scripted by The Rock and Gal Gadot. Because he's huge and she's not and i was i just thought that was strange like do you do you want us to believe that the rock that gal gadot can hold her own in a fist fight with the rock exactly well she did mm. yeah i mean we later learn something about this yes later get there yeah we'll get there you know what let's jump ahead so after this big fist fight you know, None of this is really important, honestly. And then we get to... No, dude. <laughs> then what ends up happening is The Rock and Ryan Reynolds get captured. So Booth and Hartley get captured. And they end up underneath a, a Roman Colosseum. What, was that close to where Vache's mansion was? Vache sounds Italian. Uh, okay. You never know. Yeah. So they're underneath a Roman Colosseum while there is an active bullfight happening above them. Well, they needed the bullfight to happen above them for the torture. So, uh huh, because Voce <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I buy it. I guess so. They get tortured. Soto Voce gets poisoned by Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. He falls to the ground. Uh, she manages to. Well, she believes she squeezes the uh, location of the third egg from Ryan Reynolds, which apparently he knew all the time, the whole time. That was yeah. news to me. Well, so we find leaves. out we find out how he knew that in the in the third act. So, yes, yes, because of his daddy issues. Right. Exactly. Um, so he leaves. So she leaves. 
Voce wakes back up. He starts just shooting indiscriminately. Um, as one would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As any, I mean, he might be American for yeah. all we know, the way he, <laughs> he handled stand- that gun. He was standing his <laughs> ground right there. Uh, these are in poor taste. Anyways, he supposedly shoots one of the locks. They break free. The only way out, apparently, is through a trap door that leads directly to the middle of the arena. So they open the trap door. Now there's a bull there. They can't go back down it because Voce has like an automatic weapon now. And I Um, loved the rock battling the bull because what the fuck? Because his clothing line is the bull. I thought it was totally because we got Terramana that I missed, but I thought this was a another plug for the rock where he battles a bull and his entire clothing line is a bull. So I thought I didn't connect those thoughts. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, the bull rams right into him and he handles it. He grabs the bull by the horns. Mm -hmm. But he, and he's totally fine. And then the movie just keeps going. Ryan Reynolds tells the rock. I mean, Nolan Booth tells Hartley, that he gave the wrong uh, location to the bishop, Gal Gadot's character. So now the movie decides to become Indiana Jones, and there's yep. even a map scene where you see them leaving Italy and going all the way to South America, Argentina, I believe. And then this is the third act. This is where, like, when we get to the third act, when it turns into Indiana Jones, this is sort of where even the first time the the movie started to lose me. It just started to become a little bit cheesy with what was going on. It was like anyone who has seen a movie at this point knew what was going to happen. Like, there are no surprises at this point. And so the fact that they, instead of just getting to the point, here in the third act they start to bring in a little bit of like you said the rock uh figuring out ryan reynolds father issues just like the extra relationship building seemed forced to me at this point absolutely uh, it just it just came off slow i agree because they didn't do any of the they didn't lay any groundwork in the last two acts no and then it was just like hey let's let's talk about our feelings i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. then we get into the straight down to the Indiana Jones spoof. They go into the forest. They have the map, like you said, even turn it upside down, rip it apart. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> it's there. And down to the Nazis, down to the whistling of the Indiana Jones theme song. We are underground here. His family heirloom yeah. is the yeah. thing that opens the, the vault here. Like, what yeah and it's a magnet what's up with magnets now we have what's up with magnets fast nine fast magnet yeah. uh the new james bond magnet 10 this? i think it was fast 10 fast 10 sorry wait yeah oh. fast 10 magnet this uh magnet james bond magnet what's going on with magnets i don't know is it like screenwriters were like you know what we haven't seen a lot of in films recently magnets yeah. like charlie uh what are, what are your hobbies magnets <laughs> Something like that. i don't know it's weird so and this is where we get the line because because so they're in a bunker yeah a nazi bunker in argentina because you know the nazis fled to south america after sure. world war ii <laughs> did um, they <laughs> 
And uh, this is where Ryan Reynolds says, look for the box that says MacGuffin. Yeah. And at this point, I was like, checked out, dude. Like, the movie yeah. is not, the not, it's not doing it for me anymore. Inspector Das decides to show up again. Out of know? nowhere. Out right? of She somehow followed them. Yeah. She hasn't been in the movie since the beginning of the second act. Shows up. How did she knew they were going to get there? Who knows? She followed someone. Um, That's what they said. They're, they were like, oh, she must have followed me. Uh-huh. So, so, and she, so she's an Interpol agent, right? Mm-hmm. That is in charge of protecting artifacts from thieves. Sure. So it only makes sense that when they break into, when she follows these thieves into a bunker full of lost artifacts, that they all just start shooting at all of them. They sure. just start shooting everywhere destroying all of these priceless artifacts and but you know what for our heroes our quote-unquote heroes luckily there is a pristine nazi mercedes mercedes yeah with gas in it oh for sure (laughs) well you gotta crank it up right up up. yeah yeah (laughs) and off they are they just they just drive out of the chute out of a waterfall so here's one thing i had a question about uh of this estate. how long does gas last no didn't even think <laughs> oh, okay. of that didn't think of I that i don't think it's 80 years well i don't know didn't think of that what i did think of is they make a point to be like oh how did they even get this down here like they there's a lot of dialogue about how they got this car to where it was right because they and need to justify it sure yeah. they justify it they sweet car chase right lots of bullets lots of driving and then they drive it out to your point through a waterfall into water. How did the Nazis get it into there? Because they probably didn't carry it up a hundred feet through a water. Like what? <laughs> Seems like a lot of manpower. I mean, yeah. at least, and maybe helicopters and <laughs> I don't know. I have so, no idea. It's, it's, at this point, like I said, the movie is going off the rails. It is. They're, it's off the rails. And so they end off up... off the fucking rails. They end up in the water. They end up on a beach. This is where we see a little bit of humanness from Ryan Reynolds, uh, from Booth, where he is looking for the rock after he... Yeah, he believes the, the rock egg. is still yeah, underwater. Yep, yeah, he thinks the rock... And then uh, the rock comes up out of the water with Gal Gadot and... Uh, Here's the final twist. Here's my question. When well, it's not the you... final twist, John, because there's a few more yeah. after this. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. <laughs> when I watched this movie a second time, I forgot that there was 30 minutes after the last scene of this movie. So when did you figure out that The Rock was not who he th- who he said he was? In the second act when they were dancing. Oh, really? That early when they were dancing? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, he's in on it. So uh, what ends up happening is the Rock and Gal Gadot come out together. They explain that, you know, uh, if you have figured it out by now, there are two bishops in the game of chess. So the whole time we're chasing this bishop, there has to be Whoa. a second, right? <laughs> mind blown so they make sure to chess reference they make sure to mansplain that to us like i haven't seen the queen's gambit okay i know how to play chess okay yeah and there's a whole lot of pawns right so ryan ryan reynolds is probably a pawn in this when when i heard that 
I, so it's funny that you knew that we're dancing, which is earlier than me. When I knew it, it was when she went to electrocute him in the balls. And one of oh. my big things for movies is that if they don't actually show you that it happened, it's a good chance it didn't. And exactly. so they never showed the rock getting electrocuted in the balls. And it's not because I wanted to see his balls. It was <laughs> just that I knew that he didn't get electrocuted there. So I knew it didn't yeah. happen. So we saw that. And then the only line in this movie from Ryan Reynolds that made me laugh, there were two actually. The first one is, why are you wearing a hairnet? You're bald. That was funny when they were in the prison. That was funny. That one got me a lot. The second one is when Gal Gadot and The Rock finally are like, hey, we're bad guys. And they point a gun at Ryan Reynolds. He's like, hey, that gun is soaking wet. And then she shoots it right by shoots his head. right next to him. And he's like, you know what? I'm not a Navy SEAL. I don't know. That one. <laughs> that one got me. That was funny. I liked that too. That one got um, And so, so yeah. So at this point in the film, pretty ra- they're wrapping everything up. Well, you would think so. And then as soon as that's over, you're like, all right, good movie. And then it goes boom and then Cairo mm-hmm. hits the hits the screen and I remember one when, when Cairo hit the screen I was like what the f- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, still yeah. going because you have to remember that the whole reason they wanted the eggs was to give them to which a I fire. totally forgot about honestly because, because the movie is it so didn't long. matter <laughs> it didn't matter I completely <laughs> forgot about it they're delivering the eggs mm-hmm. and who shows up out of nowhere but Ed fucking Sheeran. How does this rank on the most random cameos of all time? Is this a real critics award right here? For this is up for there, most random right? cameo. Should we just how did you react? Mark it right how now? did you react when it came up? Were <laughs> well, you surprised? Well, first of all, I was like, this could have been done in 30 seconds. Um, and then I was like, what are you doing? I, I was surprised. I was shocked. And then when he swings the guitar and then gets tackled, that was pretty funny. But I, I, for me, and then he says, "I was in Game of Thrones." Ugh. Yeah. I'm like, this is doing nothing for me. And I, I gen, I genuinely, when I saw Ed Sheeran come up, I was like, of course. Like, this movie is all like show and no substance. Yeah. So. He shows up. I and see, you're asking, where does this rank for me in cameos? I was more surprised to see Ozzy Osbourne in Ghostbusters than I was to see Ed Sheeran in this. I was gonna say, I think, I think the Real Critics Award for uh, most random cameo still goes to Ozzy Osbourne, but this is a close second. Yeah, it's up. There. I don't know. I, I, I'm just like he already did this in Game of Thrones. So like seeing Ed Sheeran pop up again, I'm like, okay, come on. This is like, it's like, the, it's like Ryan Reynolds. It's like, is this part of your shtick now? There's like an Ed Sheeran thing. I'm just going to show up randomly in movies. Like, who are you, Matt Damon? <laughs> Showing up in the third act of the movies? Come on. <laughs> I, I bet when he swung that guitar, they were like, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that line. That has to be <laughs> one of the most classic lines of all time. Jesus Christ, it's Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne. <laughs> so we have we have uh, so Sheeran. then the cops show up they yeah. they take Ed Sheeran away they take the eggs right they uh um they arrest the people that we don't know right the the buyers because we never met them 
Why does it matter? Like, yeah, the daughter's name is Cleopatra, just like, yeah. you know, Cleopatra. Sure. Whatever. And then we cut away again. And then <laughs> no, we cut away that's, again. That's what I, <laughs> and now I the, the Rock and Gal Gadot are on a yacht and they're like, yep. uh-huh, a job well done, baby. You yep. know, and uh, we get another five, ten minute scene that could have been done in 30 seconds in the credits. Yep. Easy. Ryan Reynolds shows up. He's like, easy. Hey, guys, what's up? I have ratted you guys out to the Interpol. And they're like, yeah. oh, no. And then they're like, just kidding. Um, I want us to be a team. So he double crosses Interpol. And yep. now they're a team. And then we cut away again. Yep. And now we're at the Louvre. Mm-hmm. And the three of them walk into the sunset as if it's the beginning of a franchise. What could possibly go wrong? Everything. And that's how it ends. <laughs> sequel. That's how I feel. Oh. What do you think? What What do you think is going to happen in the sequel? What expensive person do you think they're going to bring on for the second one? That's the and, thing, John. And are you in? You have to bring somebody else in. The only way I would be into this is if they bring in somebody that I genuinely want to see with this cast that I think will elevate it. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, Vin Diesel. <laughs> getaway driver or i don't know i like to to not like not joking around i can't think of anybody that they could add to this movie off the top of my head that would make me excited to see a sequel i mean they're probably gonna need a tech guy so you know what chris probably (laughs) you know and they have muscle but they could always use some more female muscle oh you know so um who? I was going to say Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, yep. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Or who knows how far in the future this is, you know, taking place. Like, could this possibly be Ryan Jr. growing <laughs> up? <laughs> I think we need John Cena in this movie. For sure. We need <laughs> Jason Statham. Yeah. I think and Vin need- Diesel. Vin Diesel, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm not really excited about a sequel. You know, like how there are these things online where you can like feed an AI like a bunch of images and then the, you'll like ask it to make a new thing out of it. It feels like when you show an AI like a bunch of action movies and you told it to write a movie and then the AI was like, this is what it would spew out because there's no heart in this. There's nothing about this that makes me happy to be a human being um this movie again i'm so glad i didn't pay for this shit because it it throws every it, it feels like it takes all of the cool shit from better movies and throws them all together into like some sort of like cornucopia of mediocrity you mentioned some of like the influences and in, in different cool actually good heist movies what are if you could name your top three doesn't have to necessarily influence this movie but your top three heist movies what would they be oh man um i mean john i think our number one is probably the same right like it's got to be fast five number one (laughs) so i would go fast five anyone that listened to our episode zero knows that my number one is inception it is it's an incredible. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's 
it's not a heist movie, John. Strap it in. Um, <laughs> okay, so yours is Inception. All right. Yeah, no, they, what are you talking about? They steal a paper propeller wind thing from his mind. What are you talking about? What? That's what? The they steal movie. a what? The wind propeller. You can't even, you can't even tell me what they steal. <laughs> They go in and they steal his love for his father, his admiration for his father, and then they bring it up to dreams into real life. You just said nonsense, John. Um, so what's your second one? Ocean's 11. I love it. It's oh, a good one, dude. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Nah. Can't go wrong. I, know. I just what's love yours? when a what's plan yours? comes together, you know, oh, and like it. I love what you did it there. Works so well in Ocean's 11. It does. Uh, I would say Baby Driver. Interesting. Is it yeah. because of the playlist or did you actually like the movie? I love Edgar Wright films in general. I think mm. his cinematography and editing work really well. And when you throw like a really good soundtrack as well, he can he does this thing where he like he cut he like cuts his movies to the beat of the song that he's you know playing and in that yeah, movie effective dude, it's yeah. so effective like john ham is like shooting things with a shotgun and it's literally going to the tune of the song that's playing so i just i love i love everything about that movie i will say you know some of the character stuff falls a bit flat but i love that movie yeah i would um, yeah it's a great movie. My number three, Fast Five, obviously. Make, it okay. makes my top three. There it is. Three. Gotta it makes my top three. three. Yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, great. That makes me feel better. Yeah, it, it was like. Um, because I knew it was going to be on your list, John, my top three would have had Ocean's Eleven as well. Oh. Um, but I chose to change it up a little bit, and I threw Reservoir Dogs in there. The old Reservoir Dogs. Great movie. I just think it's a classic. It's a master class in dialogue yeah, and it is. character. So. And and in heist movies, honestly. like It, it was one of the... It, it came before all of the ones we just named, so it, it's definitely an influence to all of them. I had a couple oh, honorable mentions. Um, well, let's hear them, bud. So my first honorable mention, not in any specific order, my first one is National Treasure which I think has some influence in this movie, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> it does. It does. Definitely. Yeah. And then and all that was missing was for the rock to like find a piece of paper and then Ryan Reynolds be like, I know what to do. And then like makes the invisible ink show up on it. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say like, I know what to do. We have to kidnap the president of the United we States. To... <laughs> I was going to say, or he's got like, my dad left me these glasses yeah. you know, and he puts them on and then it makes the text show up on the piece of we paper have, on the map. We, we have to steal the Declaration of Independence. And then my second one that, you know, maybe there are some people listening right now that are like, well, how did you not think of this? Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Of course. I think it's an amazing heist movie. Paul Rudd says time heist in that movie. And he does. And he's not so wrong. Great. And, and that little part of dialogue when they have that, you know, where he says, you know, so Back to the Future is bullshit. Man, I, it's, it's so effective. I love everything about that. I honestly forgot about Back to so the Future. Not, not one of my favorite because I'm not into like, you know, making out with my mom and whatever. But, mm -hmm. you know, some people do. Like You're that. not? Uh, 
Not really. Oh, I but... thought that's how you learned. I thought that's how everybody <laughs> learned. Michael J. Fox clearly is, or whoever wrote that movie is, <laughs> honestly. Into I wouldn't say it's a but... it's a heist movie though. I don't think that's a heist movie. We steal the almanac. You have to go back to steal it from. Oh, Biff in and... the second. That's, that's yeah. That's the second. Back to the Future too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that actually kind of works. Not my cup of tea. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so let's get to the reviews. Yeah, that's sort of how we felt about the movie. Let's uh, let's get into the reviews. So, um, as always, we start with the critic reviews. We feel like sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're a little more well thought out. So we have our first one here from AARP Movies for Grownups, which seems like a redundant to me seems a bit of a redundant publication because when I think of AARP, I think of seniors and to call it AARP movies for grownups seems to be like senior movies for grownups seems to be the same thing to me. So this person said, John, what is a, I'm sorry to interrupt you. What yeah. does AARP stand for? <laughs> Old as fuck. So they said, <laughs> Looking for an escape with action, adventure, international locales, snarky comments, and snappy comebacks? Look no further than Ross and Marshall Thurber's ridiculously fun caper, four out of five. Wow. Seems like an old person score. We have our second one, the Austin Chronicle. Uh, It's a series of set pieces flimsily bolted together. With Reynolds doing the Reynolds thing, Johnson doing the Johnson thing, and Godot doing the Godot thing. 100%. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I love, you know, I, I, what I love about these uh, critic reviews always is that, like, you know, they, they force themselves to have a really succinct review. Like, if you click on any of these, they have a full review, a big review. But sure. when, they, when they make for the small summarized uh, summarized uh, review, they managed to be really poignant. And I think that a series of set, set pieces flimsily bolted together is a really good way of describing this movie. Makes sense, yeah. The Atlantic here. Johnson is one of the few stars who actually gets expensive original action films made, but of late, he's tended toward disappointingly safe material. Red Notice is his most generic effort yet. I agree with that, but I will give Dwayne Johnson credit. He does make original action movies. He does. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about Ghostbuster last time and, uh, you know, a big criticism of that is like, why doesn't Hollywood take chances anymore? Why do we have to stick to so many remakes? At least this movie was trying to do something new. Sure. But at the same time, I just those words came out of my mouth. And then I realized, like, not really. A no. lot of this shit is just recycled from other better movies. They just stole other movies and made it. All right. Our last critic review here um, from Film Week. The problem is that this movie is built on nothing but making references to its influences. Agreed. 100% again. Yeah. That's what we just said. Yeah. So I think. We, we're pretty close to the critic reviews here. Let's let's hear from some of the uh, the audience, which we always love. So we have this one here. This is a five-star review. It was funny, nice, twist, and just good entertainment. Did it make a political statement or difference in culture? No. It was never supposed to. Just sit back and enjoy. I guess, yeah, yeah if you turned your mind off and you just watched this movie once, 
you could you yeah, I can see how people could have have fun with this. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, Jebediah here was a little bit annoyed by other things happening in in pop culture. Yeah, why did? Yeah, <laughs> and was like, "Thank and God." Why did you have to make it political? Yeah, right. That guy made it very political. Am I right? Yeah. He was like, "He's like, thank God there weren't any trans people in this." <laughs> I'm so glad the Rock is a white hero. So, like, okay, another- Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's up with that gal's accent? Yeah. <clears throat> voice crack there. <laughs> yeah, nice. they should just get more Americans in this. Yeah, I know, right? Why are we outsourcing our actors coming in, stealing our jobs, uh-huh. you know? All right, For so we sure. have another five-star review. Lots of twists, some different type of plot points. Everybody is pretty to look at. Smiley face, some serious action shots, and funny throughout. All in all, a fun night out. That's right. A night out. It was in all caps. That's why I said it that way. I would never have said it that way if it wasn't. It was great to see it on the big screen and well worth the money and the trip, in our opinion. Five stars. This is playing in theaters? Apparently, where this person was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, whatever. Let's give it to them. Yeah. That's fine. So we had a good night out, uh, Sue. Suvi, uh, we went from sous vide. two. Five... I love me some suvi. Oh, you ever had some, like a suvi steak? Yeah, with like the in the water and everything. Yeah, it's delicious. I don't have one, but I've thought about. I don't it. either, but I've had one before. I mean, like I've yeah. I've, I've, I've had chicken. I've never had steak before. That's pretty. You cool. can sous vide chicken too. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I, that I had some. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, what does Marsha have to say? Well, Marsha gave this a 0.5. So we went from two five stars to a 0.5. I wanted to get on the opposite side. I dislike violence, car chases, and predictability in films. And this had it all. The comedy was not funny. I love this. Can you imagine? I don't like violence. Can you imagine not liking violence or car chases? And then in films like, too, like yeah. I I also don't like violence in real life. Oh yeah, or go to my films yeah, for. I'm not about those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not about. Yeah. I mean, but, I like watching real life car chases on like like the like on TV, like OJ. like Alaska PD. Yeah, yeah, sure. Does that happen on there on Cops? Sure. Yeah, I watch that shit. Yeah, intense out there. Yeah, but Marsha didn't think this was very funny, huh? No, I love that she she combined violence car chases and predictability in film <laughs> like those all should definitely be in the same sentence together yeah well marcia i'd love to know what you do like so marcia got- you know what i don't entirely disagree with you so no at all this one's from lisa two and a half stars very cheesy and predictable love the trio of ryan gale <laughs> and Dwayne. though exclamation exclamation okay i'm glad gale made it I love Gail too. Me too. She's great. Love Gail. This one comes from Christiane, four and a half stars. Love the cast, especially Ryan Reynolds. Some funny scenes here and there. Decent movie and plot. Just kind of thin all around. Scenery was lovely in some shots. I did my best to like it more, but the reality is it's just an okay film, in my opinion. I'm still glad I paid to see it in the theater. And enjoyed it for the most part. 
four that and a half. Is so funny, dude. Uh, I love that <laughs> this person comes across to me like as an optimist. You know, yeah, I love that. She sounds like she's not really critical of a lot of stuff, and yet still, she thought the movie Very was pretty critical. thin. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, you know, I love movies. I love going out to the movies. Mm-hmm. I love these actors. I had a great night with my dates. We had a blast. <laughs> I had a few drinks. Sure. You know, the movie was decent, but the yeah. plot was just kind of thin all around. The but scene, still four the scenery, though, lovely, yeah. wonderful. I tried my best to like the movie a little bit more, but in my in my opinion, it's okay. Four and a half stars <laughs> out of five. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the, let's get to our review. Uh, I'll I'll go first. I know you you typically go first, so uh, I'll give it a shot here. I'm gonna rate this. How are we reviewing this one, John? Yeah, I'm gonna, rate, gonna this rate this out of the uh, three golden eggs that were stolen. Oh, in great the film. idea. Well, only two mm-hmm. were stolen in the film, so. I'll go out of the three. Well, they got all three at the end. They did. They did get all three at the end. So I'm gonna go out of three eggs. This movie was very cliche and really just throughout the entire movie seemed like it was parodying itself. Like it was making fun of itself the entire time that we were watching it, even down to like, we talked about Ryan Reynolds in the sunset, in the canoe coming up to his house in the Hawaiian shirt and his house being on a deserted Island to even down to the Nazi whistle with Indiana Jones, like the Indiana Jones theme song in the mind, like, there, there was a certain charm to that because I think at some point those copying its predecessors that it just sort of knew what it was, right? Like it mm-hmm. knew it was making fun of itself and it was having fun doing it, which is admirable. The part that bothered me the most, and we kind of talked about this with Ghostbusters a little bit, uh, Ghostbusters 2016, but the, the part that bothers me the most about this movie is there were there was this weird scenario right where it this movie really only worked because of the stars if it didn't have ryan reynolds the rock gal gadot this movie would have sucked hands down imagine putting nobodies in that in those roles it would not have worked but i also think it failed because of the rock ryan reynolds and gal gadot because I think that they were, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, I think they were pigeonholed into their own archetypes and their own typecasts as actors. So whoever brought them in was like, hey, Ron and Reynolds, I want you as here, your Deadpool, uh, The Rock. I want you as, you know, action star, Gal Gadot, your action star. And I think that Something really- tell, you know? Yeah, I think that really hurt the movie. I would have loved to see something a little more edgy and new that let the stars. So there's a difference between having the stars in the movie and letting them shine and then having the stars in the movie just because you want to have a payday and bring people in. And uh, it would have been a lot more fun to see the star shine and use their talents to sort of elevate what the script was and what the story was by being themselves instead of being typecast um, because I think we see this thousands of times, right. Where actors are sort of caged into who they are and uh, it would have been cool to get, see them out of their comfort zone a little bit. So maybe we'll get that with the sequel. John, I, I completely agree with you, dude. Um, if I were to add a three golden eggs, I would give this movie probably a single golden egg. 
I know we I've talked about it a lot, but just to give you a quick overview, I again I'm so glad I didn't have to pay for this movie. Oh yeah. Um, I was overall very disappointed with it. Um, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said that these these three superstars were typecasted in this movie. The the whole movie um, feels played out because we have these incredibly well-known actors. They all have a shtick and it seems like the shtick is getting old. The rock in this film is the rock. He's playing the rock and everything now so much so that when we talk about him in this movie it's easier to just refer to him as the rock than his character because he's not really playing one it seems like he's phoning it in in this film and just relying on the fact that he's a fucking massive man and he's charismatic enough to drive us through so many of these other movies he used to be known as a franchise restarter if you had a dying franchise you'd bring the rock in and you add some charisma to your uh, film. However, in this movie, which is a franchise starter, it seems like they're trying to use this to create a franchise. It comes off as played out, you know, and, and it doesn't help when you have somebody like Reynolds in it, who is quick witted and he's got this very familiar shtick. We get it, you know. Now, the, like you said, the movie, the it works because it casted these guys, but it also fails because it casted these guys because it puts them above the narrative. The movie almost reads like it's paint by numbers, you know, but the problem is it uses every fucking color in the crayon box. So it's a lot. I mean, the rocket's smacked by a bull out of nowhere and the movie just continues. You know what I mean? So the characters are underdeveloped. Um, Two of them basically have the same backstory. Uh, Johnson's performance doesn't do much to give you, to make you care about the fact that he's a lawman, which he ends up not being. Yeah. Reynolds is just reduced to a quip machine. And he sometimes in the movie, he looks annoyed that he has to deliver the quips, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Godot is just Gal Godot. She could be replaced by a cardboard cutout of herself or a mannequin in some of these scenes. And it wouldn't change the movie very much. And I think actually the best performance in this film, dude, is Inspector Das. <laughs> I think she's like the best one in this movie and the movie forgets about her, which is funny because in the summary that you read in the beginning, it says that this movie is about an Interpol agent like tracking down art thieves. I wouldn't describe this movie that way. No. <laughs> she just shows so up at the I end. I think yeah. this movie, she just shows up again at the end. I think this movie just fails I hope we get something better with the sequel, but you know, I don't really feel like I'm interested in one. Uh, I'm going to side with the critics on this one, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I gave my rating. Uh, you gave yours one egg. Mine was 1.75 eggs out of three. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Like we said, you know, we love to hear from you guys. We love to know what you guys think, uh, especially if you disagree with us or whether you agree with us, you know, you let us know on our socials at EARC pod. And you know, while you're there, give us a follow. If you haven't caught our other episodes, go ahead and listen to them whenever you get our podcast. So uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have the uh, holiday classic up for you guys. We're going to be talking about jingle all the way, baby. I'm going to love jingle all the way. What do you think? I don't know. We'll see. I okay. Think, I think okay. Oh. I don't think I'm that <laughs> That makes me that makes me even more excited to watch this. So All right, let's do it. again, today we chose the critics as the winner. But remember, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, everyone's, everyone's a real, a real cr- critic. critic. <laughs> <laughs>
Nice. Good. Bye. All right. I have to take a huge shit. <laughs>